The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. All right, everybody, how's it going? You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Carell, and tonight we have Chuck Earls from Kayak Fishing with Chuck Earls on YouTube. Now, I met this guy at the Columbus uh, Columbus Fishing Expo last winter, and I, I saw his uh, his demonstration. He was demonstrating uh, cold water fishing and, uh, you know, things to do and safety procedures to, to take when you're out there on the cold water during winter. And uh, it's getting that time of year now where the where we're dealing with the, the crisp autumn air. And most of us guys, like myself, are starting to think about the furry critters a little bit more than we are the scaly ones. But there's going out there every day and they're catching fish uh chuck has been catching steelhead so you know it's a big steelhead fish so i don't know a whole lot about this fish so i was excited to get him on here uh he chases some toothy critters as well so uh, i'm glad to have you on chuck how's it going thanks for having me it's going great how are you Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Been busy. Been working. We're cleaning out the cooling towers up on our building at work, and it's a big, messy job. Or cleaning calcium out of the uh, the filters, and it's nasty, man. <laughs> so uh, dealing with that in the cold this year too. So uh, it, it's been a tough week so far for me, man. But I I know you've been getting getting out there and fishing a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, I've actually fished the last four out of the five days um wow. generally i don't have that much time to fish you know usually a couple of times a week yeah uh that's like bare minimum though you know it's it's definitely a, a part of my life or my life <laughs> um you know there's nothing better just get out there on the water even if you don't catch fish you know yeah. you learn so yeah. many different lessons and um you know techniques different techniques to try so I gotcha. Oh, I understand 100%, man. Uh, so what all species of fish do you uh, do you specifically target, and what waters are you fishing? I know you're up on Lake Erie. You go, you're outside of Cleveland, right? Yes, sir. I am, uh, I'm actually west of Cleveland, about 20 minutes west. Okay. Yeah, nice. Hey. So usually when I go up to Lake Erie, I go up to East Harbor area, Port Clinton area. So I'm actually fishing like the opposite end of you. I'm on the west end. So I don't right. really know a whole lot about the Cleveland side. I think I've only been to Cleveland one time in my life. And uh, so, man, how's the fishing up there? You, what do you, what do you target during the spring, summer, and fall? Uh, well, generally walleye. Um, now, early spring and early fall, I'm definitely chasing steelhead as well. Um, but primarily, you know, from spring, summer, and fall, I'm out on Lake Erie chasing walleye uh, in the kayak. Um, and then, you know, when it starts to get colder. And the steelheads start running, you know, I, I, I can't help it because there's nothing like a steelhead fight. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, then again, we still have the uh, the walleye fall brawl, which is uh, 
probably one of the largest uh, walleye tournaments in the world. Uh, that Central Basin. Wow. Um, I think last year there was 9,000 participants. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an awesome tournament. It goes for about a month and a month and a half long. Um, open to butt, uh, boat anglers, uh, kayak anglers, shoreline anglers. Wow. Anybody can up, participate. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool because the, the grand prize is, is basically a hundred thousand dollar fishing boat, uh, fully wow. equipped, you know, for Lake Erie. Um, this year being the 10th anniversary, they're giving away a hundred thousand dollar boat for uh, first place and second place. So, oh, cow. um, you know, it's, it's definitely fun to, uh, compete and get out there. And this is the time of year where the walleye come in close. Uh, so I don't necessarily have to go out the two miles, um, plus that I generally do in the spring and the summer. Um, plus they're feeding, you know, so they're filling their feed bag. Um, these fish, uh, they get, they get very big, very fat, very chunky. Walleye is a lot of fun. My experience with walleye has mainly been uh, up in Maumee, fishing the Maumee River. And that's right. during the run. And that was like the end of March and the beginning of April is when they start running real thick. And, man, it's shoulder to shoulder with guys. And I remember the first time I ever went down there, it was the water was six foot up. And we could only go out like four foot from the bank before it was up up to up above your waders. And there was trees, like giant trees floating down the river. And you'd hear a guy down the down the way and he'd say, tree! And then you'd all <laughs> stop reeling and you'd stop casting for a minute and you'd let that tree go by. That's the craziest thing I've ever experienced with fishing, I think, man. And it's fun, though, man, because when you get into them, it seems like people are just pulling them in left and right during that spawn. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fun fish to uh, to chase and to target. Um, they they migrate a lot. There are uh, some sections on the lake that have native fish that supposedly never leave. Um, but for the most part, you really have to chase them. You really have to kind of follow them along the lakeshore. Um, of course, they go up the Maumee River, they spawn, and then they come out and they basically head east. And all summer long, they're basically out in deeper water and heading east. And then they make their rounds, come back in in the fall, start feeding, making their way back to the spawning grounds. Um, so it's there's so much ground to actually cover and to actually target. You know, Lake Erie is a, a mess. So yeah. it gives you the opportunity <laughs> to, you know, launch from, you know, West Base and all the way to Eastern Base and even out of PA um, or New York, you know, and, and target these fish. Um, the, the only downside is in the summer, they, they generally are six to 10 miles offshore. And, uh, you know, I, I might be a little bit crazy and I might, you know, go a couple of miles off of, uh, offshore on my kayak on Lake Erie all the time. But, you know, at the end of the day, you get out there and the storm kicks up, you have to make it back in a decent time. If I went 10 miles out, it would probably take five hours to get back to shore. Oh, guarantee you. Guarantee you. So, um, summertime's kind of slower. Uh, you know, I still try to try to target them and pick it up, but generally summertime, I start going after like the big catfish in Lake Erie. Um, and, and, you know, monster drum. I mean, people drum kind of have a bad reputation. Uh, generally I believe that it is from back in the day when the walleye were not as plentiful as they are now. So yeah. the majority of the fish that you were catching were drum. So people going out for walleye, you know, they pick up a ton of drum and not many walleye. So basically it 
became named a trash fish. Um, but, you know, Drummond and Catfish, man, they fight so hard. They're so fun to catch. At the end of the day, you're going to let it go. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not really the best table fare, but it's it's a great time. You know, I actually like walleye, but I like perch a little bit better. Uh, we, me and my wife went up to Port Clinton a few years ago, and man, we went on one of them perch charters, and it yeah. was one of those. It's I think it's sort of like a clothes hanger rig with a weight on it, and you got two hooks on each side, and man, we were reeling in two at a time. Man, that was so much fun, and uh, it seemed like we were only out there. We had we were limiting it out in a half hour between me and my wife. We had two full limits, and oh, that was like sixty fish. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole freezer full of fish we brought back home man and we used sassy sals and they had, i think it was like three dollars and they filleted all our fish man and then had it packaged and ready for us to go like we went and ate for an hour went down the road to the restaurant and then came back and it was done right That's a pretty cool experience man thank yeah. you something awesome man and i i do enjoy going up there uh it is intimidating i think for a lot of anglers because the main lake gets pretty crazy uh, i always imagine it like when i go up there it's like it looks like the ocean but it smells like the lake and <laughs> it's it's awesome man but there's jeez, oh, man just like fishing east harbor this year uh, there's so many bass in that water and just giant catfish rolling. I mean, the catfish I've seen rolling around were just like five-gallon bucket-sized catfish. And then just the shad, the shad that were running in the back of these coves were the size of bass. Like the shads were like pound to two pound. I've never seen them that big, man. Everything's big up there. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny. Uh, you mentioned bass. Like there's not a whole lot of people that target Lake Erie for bass, you know, there are a lot of people that do, but um, it's not it's not mentioned all the time, you know, because technically it's a walleye lake. Um, but you know, the bass fishery is probably a one of the hidden secrets of Lake Erie. I mean, the smallmouth and the largemouth fish um, they get huge, oh, and yeah. uh, they're they're plentiful. You just got to know where to find them in the right time. Oh, 100 percent, man! And the guys that do know how to find them, they can find some footballs up there. And uh, they, a lot of our state guys in the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, I mean, these guys that go up on Lake Erie, man, they're they're hard to beat because they catch those big football-sized bass, smallmouth right. and largemouth up there. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about your YouTube channel, man. What got you started with the, well, I asked most of my guests, what got you started with kayak fishing, and uh, how did that turn into a YouTube channel? Well... You know, a handful of years back, um, my I was, you know, trying to influence my daughter into, you know, enjoying fishing. Um, and she came to me and she said, Dad, I want a fishing kayak. Well, at that, at that time, I had never even looked at a fishing kayak. So I started doing some looking. I met up with a, a buddy of mine, um, Wade Nichols, and I ended up purchasing one of his used boats, uh, which was the original boat, the, uh, the Tiger Shark Pungo. Um, with the crazy paint job on it and you know I I didn't know it at the time but it, it basically turned into an obsession you know I wasn't just going out there and fishing I was going out there and pushing the limits I was going out there on rougher days I was going out there and flipping it over and getting back in you know during the summer and the winter months because um, I I don't like to be inside I'm an outside person so even if it's 30 degrees outside if the water is not frozen I like to be on it um, of course, that comes with extra safety gear and, 
um, dry suit and all that good stuff. But, you know, it, it basically turned into this, this obsession. Uh, and, and with the, with the YouTube, you know, a lot of people look up to me as far as, uh, the safety and, and kind of what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, so, so generally like, I guess that's why I kind of started my YouTube channel, um, was to help people, but mm -hmm. most importantly, really it was just to leave my legacy, you know, for my kids, my grandkids, my family to check out, um, long after I'm gone. You know what I mean? Because like pictures are great back. 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have this ability to actually leave, leave our mark, you know? So the videos that I make really, it's, it's more for my kid to go back and show her grandchildren or, you know, dude, I, I, I completely relate to that because I think of the, everything I do now with the athletes and with the YouTube, with everything. And I have a daughter, she's three years old. And I think, man, what if in two years I have a heart attack and die? You just never know when when your time when it's time to go. And right. man, she can look back and, and she can get to know me through these podcasts. And like your daughter, say, you know, uh, heaven forbid you was to pass on, and here soon, <laughs> I should maybe should have rephrased that. But uh, man, she she can look back and say, hey, my dad was on this podcast, or yeah, my dad has this YouTube channel. And he's caught all these fish on there. You know, she's got something to show her child when, when you know, when she eventually has a kid, man. That's that's something special. Man. I like that answer. Yeah, it's it's all about uh, perspective. You know, what's important in life. Dude, that's the best answer to that question I think I've ever had on this podcast. If I had awards, I'd give you one. <laughs> so, man, uh, that's awesome, man. So how's your YouTube channel going, man? Are you having fun with it? Yeah, I... Uh... You know, I really enjoy creating videos and, and recording them, capturing the right shots, just kind of putting everything together. You know, it's it's uh, it ends up being a part of me and it's something that I end up being proud of. Um, now, you know, as I grow, I look back at some of the older stuff and it's like, man, that was terrible. But, uh, um, you know, one of the most important things in life to remember is if you wait until your stuff is good, then you waited too long. You know, yeah. you just got to you, you just got to start somewhere. And, and learn along the way, you know, and, and uh, that being said, I had a, I had a really cool opportunity to hang out with Jeff Little from Torquedo. Uh, he was down here testing out one of their electric motors out for uh, walleye fishing. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he took the time to teach me uh, Final Cut Pro because I, I just purchased Final Cut Pro. So I was looking to step up my editing. Um, and uh, actually, my, my most recent video, that steelhead video, was the first one on uh, the Final Cut Pro software. You know, so it was really cool for somebody like that, you know, Jeff Little, um, willing to take the time out of his day and, and share his knowledge with me. You know what I mean? That at the end of the day, that's that's more valuable than gold. Um, and uh, and hopefully I, you know, he learned some things from me. Oh, 100 uh, percent, man. Did you, get him at, did you get him on some steelhead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I only got him on one. You know, it was a little early in the season. Yeah. Um, there. They're trickling in, but, you know, down in the lower rivers, I mean, you have to catch them when they're coming through because they're coming through the lower rivers, heading up rivers. So when the flow drops, they're sitting down and staging basically in the lower rivers. But as soon as that flow starts coming up, they're, they're taking off and heading up river. So it's kind of like, it's almost like the right place at the right time type thing. Um, and knowing when to hit the river, you know, um, and, and aside from that, it's, it's a lot of luck. 
<laughs> so how do you follow these fish throughout the year what what are their life cycles now i, I know a steelhead is a type of trout correct yeah. <laughs> i mean they're a big freaking trout they look like huge rainbow trouts when i when i see them uh, i've never caught one my only experience with trout fishing is rainbow trouts uh, so i don't know anything about these fish man like what's their what's their story well i mean basically they are um a rainbow trout the technically the the definition of a steelhead is a fish that you know migrates into the freshwater to spawn up the rivers and then goes back into the ocean you know so um in washington you know that's that's what the salmon and steelhead do they come up they spawn and then they go back into salt water um what we stock basically is it's kind of a strain of that uh that that i think i believe they have they have adapted over um <clears throat> I'm not real sure with the end the uh oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm not real sure what the genetics outside of it is. Yeah. But, do these uh, do uh, these they, steelhead and Lake Erie, do they go to salt water and then back to freshwater every year? They do not. Um they don't have that ability, you know, with uh the uh, St. Lawrence uh causeway. I think it's right. St. Lawrence Causeway. Um, they don't have that ability. So basically what our steelhead do is we release them in the river. They, they're supposed to go out in the lake for a few years. I think it's three years. And then they start finding their way back to the river um, that they were um, planted in. Yeah. Um, or at least a, a nearby river. So after three years, they start coming back up river and then they start to spawn. Um some rivers have natural reproduction, but most of the steelhead in our uh, in our fishery are stocked steelhead. Uh, they all come out of uh, Castalia State Fishing, uh, Castalia State Fish Hatchery. Okay. I think they uh, they stock about four hundred thousand steelhead a year. Wow. Uh, now Pennsylvania, New York, uh, they all stock steelhead as well. So, um, among other fish, you know, there was uh, there was a pink salmon caught on Rocky last week. I believe. Holy um, cow. The pink are the ones with the humps on them. Yeah. You know, kind of like a humpback. So every once in a while, we get one of those that, that come from, like, Lake Ontario or Lake Michigan. I didn't just think we had any of those in any Ohio waters, but I might be wrong on that. But It's it's uh, it's definitely a, a rare occurrence. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. I kind of want to do, like, uh, a commercial break and do the second part of this podcast and kind of get more into the steelhead. But right now I wanted to do, um, talk about your safety stuff. Cause when I first met you, you were doing a safety demonstration up there in the water tank and, uh, getting into everything like that, man. And dude, Lake Erie is such, and I understand it's such a dangerous place. It's a very, any body of water is dangerous. Anytime you go out on the water, it's dangerous. Um, man, what are some things that you think are, are important, especially this time of year for these guys, even that are out bass fishing or uh, down here in the south or up there in the north on Lake Erie, man? What's some things they need to keep in consideration this time of year? Well, you definitely have to remember that you always want to dress for the swim. It doesn't matter if you've been on the kayak 10 years and you never went in. There's going to be that one time. Um, so you need to prepare for that. Now, what that means is, you know, a dry bag with a change of clothes. Uh, maybe some chemical hand warmers, you know, some hot hands, um, warm socks, 
Uh, I like to carry one of those uh, reflective sp- uh, space blankets that you can pick up in the camping section of Walmart. You know, and you, you just put together a, a rescue bag because if you do go in, you know, hopefully you're close enough to shore, you get a, on shore, get mm-hmm. out of your wet clothes, change into some dry clothes while you're starting a warming fire. So definitely add, you know, matches, a couple of different ways to start a fire because at the end of the day, if if you're fighting off hypothermia, you need to get dry, you need to get a, a little warming fire going, and you just need to bring your, your body temperature back up. Yeah. Um, now, there's a couple of things that you can use to help um, kind of protect you from the water, and one of the things that I use is a dry suit. Now, dry suits, they'll keep you dry, but they won't keep you warm, so I also have to have, you know, three to five layers of clothing underneath me, underneath the dry suit. Um, and, and I test that often. You know, I, I often swim in cold water, uh, fall out, ju- get back into my kayak, just practice reentry. Um, part of it is because I want to make sure that the dry suit, you know, it's, it's three years old now. So I want to make sure it still seals. It's not going to fail on me when I need it. Um, and, and the other part of it really is to test the layers in those conditions. Because then I, I'm able to look at the temperatures and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I really should go three layers instead of four today maybe pack an extra layer just in case because i mean the last thing you want to do is overheat yourself and get all sweaty you know yeah. and start getting cold which is dangerous um but you know i'm, I'm offshore on lake erie uh often so a dry suit is required i mean you're not swimming to shore you're not going to make it back and if you get back into your kayak are you are you going to stay warm enough for the hour-long trek back to shore you know with the dry suit that makes it possible um now on the inland lakes you can sometimes get away with like uh waders and a wading belt yeah some guys even go with like a dry top over that uh that's definitely the cheaper alternative i paid you know almost 700 dollars for my dry suit and it, it wasn't you know there there's a lot more expensive ones um wow that's but, a lot of money for a piece of clothing what kind of dry it, suit is it it's a coca tat um supernova angler uh hydrus 3.0 um, you know, good brand, uh, definitely a trusting, a trustworthy brand. So I knew I was getting a good product. Um, at the end of the day, I looked at it like this, you know, what is, what is my life worth? You know, $600 is a easy, or a, you know, a small price to pay to make sure that I make it back to my family. Um, and that's really how you have to look at it, you know, and on the flip side, like I have a buddy, uh, actually the same guy that I bought the Pungo from, he's been using the same dry suit for 10 years. So you spend wow. 700 bucks wow. on a dry suit. Okay, so what is it? 70 bucks a year? Is yeah. that worth your life? Yeah. You know? Um, that's a good and, way to look at it. And it extends your season. You know what I mean? Like in the middle of January, if the river's not frozen, I'm going fishing. <laughs> I might not catch nothing. I might catch a bunch, you know, but I'm definitely going to be on the water. Um, and uh, that's that's where I belong. So, awesome. you know, it, it really... It's it's one of those things where it's you want to know what the dangers are and just try to prepare for them, you know, because it is it is very dangerous. What we do is very dangerous, um, but we can kind of mitigate that danger by preparing for those situations. You know, like inside my hall, I have a, a rescue bag that has hand warmers and space blanket and, you know, first aid kit and snacks and um, a a life straw so that you know if i get lost out on lake erie i i can drink water 
I've got um, one of those in my bug out bag. Those life straws are sweet. Yeah. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I I try to I try to preach safety and you know, try to get everybody to prepare. Um, but really at the end of the day, you just have to be prepared to save a life when the time comes, you know. Spend a lot of time on the water. I don't know, one day I might be put in that situation. So try to prepare the best that I can and uh and teach everybody else how to be prepared the same in the process it's scary stuff man that's for sure and that's awesome that you've created this platform to kind of spread awareness for safety uh i know a lot of guys go out there and they don't wear a life jacket sometimes and you know you get used to being on your kayak and you get used to going to the same body of water and you get careless right that's when you get careless is when things can really go south uh, I kind of have a horror story about uh, my wife's friend, her the uh, th- her ex-boyfriend, which was the father of her first son. He was out fishing by himself, and he was just wading down on the Little Miami River, and uh, he had slipped on a rock. Apparently, he stepped on a rock that was slimy. He fell in the water and hit his head on the rock, and he drowned. Oh, wow. And that was real bad way to go, man. And so... That's another thing. Let people know where you're going, man. And be sure that when you go out there, you go out there on Lake Erie and on these waters, let somebody know you're going out there uh, because they didn't find him for a couple of days. And that, that was a sad thing. Right. Yeah. Do you have any stories? Have you rescued anybody? Well, I mean, I, I technically haven't had to rescue anybody. Um, thankfully. Um, I, I have had a handful of stories and experiences. Um, you know, all from a buddy flipping over out there and, you know, two footers, three footers. Uh, and really that was, you know, he was netting the fish and a wave came in on the one side and he was leaning too far over and he just went over, uh, really wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like uber dangerous situation, but he had never practiced re-entry on his kayak. So I just had to kind of keep him calm and, and coach him up. You know, and uh, and at the same time, hold the other side of the kayak because it's it's tough re-entering in two, three footers, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I had another buddy. His uh, his kayak actually had a crack under the seat and started filling with water and uh, threw him off and almost sunk. Um, so th- we, I was out there with uh, three or four other guys. Um, so we got him to shore, got the kayak emptied out and everything like that. Um you know, but again, those those types of things teach you lessons. Like, oh, hundred percent. A lot of people think you know, sit on top kayak can't sink. Well, even the most expensive kayaks can crack and yeah. take on water. You know, so what I do, I uh, I put pool noodles inside my hull because it, it takes up some of the airspace, the voids. Um, and at the end of the day, if it fills up and I have ten pool noodles in there, it's probably still going to be floating. You know, yeah, well, they have a better chance of floating, that's for sure. Right. You know, if I'm offshore uh, and and my kayak starts sinking, well, you know, I'm either bobbing around in a life jacket or I have a kayak to hold on to that's maybe sitting just below the surface. Um, So really, it's it's a perspective, you know, shift when uh, when you get put in that type of situation. Because I like that the one um, when his kayak almost sunk, we were pretty spread out. We, uh, we didn't have VHF radios at the time. Uh, so my one buddy, John Prock, he called me and he said, uh, hey, Mark's in the water. And I kind of chuckled because Mark's a police officer and he's always in the water. Like, that's, he tests, 
constantly. You know, every trip he's like, well, we're heading in. I'm going to re-enter, you know, swim. So uh, come to find out, you know, no, the kayak threw him off. Well, at that point, I, I almost panicked a little bit because I couldn't see him. I had no idea on that massive body of water where Mark actually was, you know. Wow. And at that point, he's in the water. Where's his phone? Probably in a dry box, you know. So it's not like I could really call the guy. Um, so I called my other buddy, Jason Jesse. He was out there with us. And I said, hey, Mark's in the water. And, and he, he's like, I think I see him. You know, and I, I seen where Jason was. So Jason started pedaling as fast as he could over to Mark. And I just kind of followed Jason. And John was actually further out than I I was. Uh, so basically, you know, we got there as fast as we could and and uh, saved his kayak. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's a scary position to be in, uh, you know, in the water on Lake Erie. Oh, 100%, man. I'm glad he made it. <laughs> made it back uh, to shore. Yeah. Now, now, as far as like, I wanted to touch on the uh, on the PFDs because I I didn't mention that before. I guess that's just that's like a seatbelt for me. You know what I mean? Like I hit the water, my PFDs on. Um, the only time it comes off is when I need to strip or add a layer, and then it goes right back on. Um, buddy of mine, Derek Hollis, he uh, he's primarily a bass fisherman. He's he's really really targeting a lot of musky lately. And uh, about three years ago, we started targeting musky. He's he's boated four musky or forty musky out of his uh, kayak. Nice, big musky. Awesome. You know, but but anyway, so Derek was out in uh, like four to five foot of water um, in some lily pads fishing, you know, bass fishing, and uh, something happened. He lost his balance. He ended up going in, and he he was trying to swim back to his kayak. Well, those weeds grabbed him and started pulling him under. He, he had his PFD on, but it was still trying to, trying to pull him under because he was trying to struggle. And uh, he's telling me the story. He said as soon as, as soon as he realized he was going under, he thought he was going to die. You know, these weeds are literally pulling him under the surface. He said he, he just stopped and just floated to the surface. The PFD did, did his job, and he got back in his kayak. But a lot of these guys, they go out there thinking, you know, hey, it's only three foot of water. It's only four foot of water. Well, in the right condition, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. You know, it still holds the same danger. So I can't stress enough PFD. I mean, if it's uncomfortable, buy a better one, you know. Mm. And uh, and I'm not a fan of the inflatable PFDs. I know a lot of the boat guys like those. Um, for kayak guys, at the end of the day, anything man-made has a possibility to fail, right? So... It's true. A, a standard PFD is not going to fail. I mean, that flotation isn't just going to disappear. But an inflatable PFD can not inflate, you know. It's so true. now you're in the water and your safety gear failed. What are you going to do now? You're so, up shit creek without a paddle and without a PFD. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Chuck Earl. So we'll get more in a steelhead. 
Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion podcast. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at Venomlers.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat Kayaks. They have been providing high-quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysailinc.com. American Tackle American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out their website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com. And that's for more information and details. Come out and fish with us, y'all. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all of those can be found at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold, guys, goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast to say thanks for all the support. OPH Outdoors. OPH Outdoors is a local Ohio Anglers YouTube channel. Learn all the tips and tricks from fishing Ohio's waters, along with seeing some of the fish Ohio has to offer. From fishing footage to seasonal-based fishing knowledge, OPH Outdoors has videos for every Ohio angler. Backers. Those bumps. Bold North Outdoors. Makers of the best portable power station on the market today. Folks, when you're out yonder and off the grid, you need a partner to keep your adventures powered up and going strong. That's where Bold North Outdoors rises to the challenge. Power up your campsite, charge all your devices like your cell phone and tablets. Fire up your CPAP, run your lights and fans, blow up your air mattress and float tubes, recharge your GoPros, you name it. And Bold North Outdoors portable power stations are ready to keep your adventure going and going and going. Oh yeah, Bold North Outdoors outperforms all its competitors. First, they are built tough with marine-grade components to withstand all Mother Nature can throw. Second, they feature powerful lithium phosphate batteries, the safest, lightest, and longest-lasting batteries out there, giving you four times the usual performance of other batteries. 
All batteries have built-in BMS, which gives you charging and discharging cutoff protection. And that is for your safety and increased longevity of the battery. And their power stations are accessible and customizable. Easily add a string of batteries, access the internal circuit breaker, and connect a solar panel to recharge your battery. With three different models, there's one to fit your unique outdoor needs. I'm telling you, I've got one and I'm a believer. Stay outside with Bold North Outdoors. It's the best portable power station to keep you in control and powered up. All right, we are back with Chuck Earls from Kayak Fishing with Chuck Earls on YouTube. Uh, so, man, we're going to get into some steelhead talk. Where are they at this time of year, man? Generally, they're staging outside of the mouth of the river and uh, traveling upriver. So you can pretty much you, find you it. You mentioned earlier it was kind of early in the season. Uh, when is the peak time during the fall or winter to really go after these fish? I mean, generally from like October to, let's say, April. Um, now, you do have some early run steelhead. Uh, as well as some other fish like there's always uh there's always some salmon that run up um a couple of the rivers before the steelhead um how many steel how many salmon do you guys see up there yeah i know you mentioned the one humpback salmon well they generally they'll catch uh you know handful of coho every year oh. you know I don't know the exact numbers, probably like three to five. Yeah, uh, not actually that. recorded, you know. I mean, not all fish that are caught are, are recorded. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I want to make sure make something clear with you too. Don't don't be pressured into giving away any secrets, man. I'm not trying to get your honey holes. I'm just trying to get like a general idea. Like if somebody was new, like if I was to come up there to go steelhead fishing, like what's something now I can do to maybe find where they're at? And you said they're in the mouth of the, the right on the mouths of the rivers, getting ready to go up and into the rivers. So right. do they stay in the river all winter? Generally they do. They travel upstream, they spawn, and then they make their way back out of the river. Um, so all winter long you have fish coming in and going out so to to answer your question the best part to uh to target if you're not you know you're you're inexperienced you just want to take some some average bass gear or just a you know a 20 dollar walmart rod which will catch big fish um head to the marinas or anywhere that's got a little bit of deeper water where you can stand on shore and cast like a little cleo spoon or a lipless crankbait, or anything that, that is aggressive and rattles and make noise and vibrates. Mm -hmm. um, they love that kind of stuff. You know, and you can just sit there and cast for them. Uh, make sure you uh, upgrade your snap swivels. You know, definitely go with the duo locks. Don't go with the, uh, the regular ones because they will open up on these fish and you'll watch your fish swim away. Um, so they're powerful fighters. They got a lot of uh, power behind their punch. They are very, very powerful, very fast. Um, they're known to, you know, break lines or open up treble hooks. Uh, the one that I caught yesterday ripped two of the three hooks off my treble hook. Wow. Yeah, just completely gone. So um, not sure how I landed that one, but. <laughs> got lucky, but, man. Fishing yeah, God smiling down on you. Right, and and I upgrade my my treble hooks anyways because steelhead are such uh, fighters. Now, 
from the marina, like if you wanted to get a little bit more advanced, um, and you know, another thing that you could do on the marinas is is float, uh, you know, under a bobber, jig and minnow, or a jig and maggot, or even a uh, spawn sack, you know, some some egg sacks, um, or you could travel upriver, some waders, find the holes, and uh, you know, fish the riffles, you know, fish the runs. Um, and generally, you'll do that the same way with with eggs or spawn sacks. If you find a deep enough pool, cast some spoons, stuff like that. But you know, for example, the Rocky. I mean, it's it's called the Rocky River for a reason. So, if it's too shallow and you can't get your spoon up off the bottom, you're going to be snagging and losing a lot of money in tackle. Um, so that's that's why you know it's nice to just float a spawn sack down. And uh, and it's it's really cool way of fishing. I don't do much wade fishing. Um, because, like I said, when the river's thawed, I'm I'm in it with the kayak. But it's really cool, but it because it teaches you how to read the river. You know, depending on where the fish are, they're either at the beginning of the run, middle of the run, the end of the run. They mm. could be sitting in front of this boulder. They could be sitting behind the boulder. You know, but they're basically they're sitting there, waiting to ambush whatever prey comes by. So it's uh it's really cool species to um to target you know um but you know then again they're they're pretty easy to catch as long as you uh be patient don't horse them and uh let your gear do the work you know make sure your knots are good um you know i mean i've i've busted treble hooks they've opened up uh split rings you know wow i'd rather them open up a split ring and open a treble hook and then me lose my favorite lure <laughs> yeah yeah that sucks but what do you typically like to throw for them i know you mentioned the lipless rattle what do you use well i generally troll for them uh because i can cover a lot more water yeah um, plus i'm, I'm kind of like you know I, I don't like to sit still so sitting there watching a bobber i'm kind of bored after a couple of minutes yeah um, so i like to troll i like to watch the fish finder um and uh and watch the river Pay attention to the bait, see where the bait are hiding, if there's fish actually sitting there feeding on the bait or if they're just stuck to the bottom. Um, you know, so I get to I get to experience a lot more just trolling, cover more ground. So what I generally do is I run uh, quick fish, um, which is like a flatfish. Uh, quick fish extremes actually. I get them from Fish USA. Um, they're like five or six bucks a piece. But they just have they have a an aggressive action that the, the steelhead can't resist. Wow, man, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know, really know much about it, but <laughs> that's pretty sweet, man. Um, what's your biggest one you caught? Uh, my biggest is probably, uh, it's, it's a 27 and a half inch. Um, the one yesterday when I first threw it on the measuring board, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to go 28 inch and give me my first fish Ohio steelhead, uh, but it was it was a little short. It was 27 and a quarter. Still a still a monster fish. It was seven and a half pounds, just pure muscle. Now, do you keep them or do you fry them? I generally uh, let steelhead go. Oh, do you let it go or fry them? Sorry, <laughs> I missed that saying. But that's good. Do you ever keep any fish at all? I keep walleye. Um, I'll keep perch. You know, I catch so many walleye, there's really no reason for me to keep a steelhead or 
you know, a bass oh, or, or fish. Yeah, walleye are great to eat. Um, but once in a while, I'll keep a steelhead for a buddy. Like yesterday, uh, I ended up keeping that steelhead for my buddy Manny. Um, he uh, gave it to his brother. Brother filleted it up and threw it in a smoker. I think he threw it in a smoker today. So nice. that's, that's you know, him, his brother, his family. Um, so that's that's cool. You know, I, I definitely don't want to give somebody a fish and have it go to waste. But, you know, if, if uh, you know. Hey, if it's feeding if, somebody, I'm all for it, man. That's great. Absolutely. Well, it's it's a two-part process. You know, they say you, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day where you teach a man a fish, and you feed him for a lifetime, right? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to teach people to fish while giving them fish, right? <laughs> so, you, you take care of the short term and the long term. Yeah, that's that's thinking right there. That's thinking. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome, man. That's awesome. What's your biggest catfish up there? There's a big cat up there. Well. The 30, 31 and a half inches. Oh, okay, nice, man. How well, how many pounds do you think he was? You know, I didn't I didn't put him on the scale, but uh. Gotcha. It was probably a 15-minute fight. Wow, that's a lot of fun, man. I love catfish fights, especially when you're on a kayak and they're tugging you around up there. On a medium-light rod. Wow, man. That's awesome. So so what are your plans for the future, man? Uh, your YouTube channel and your fishing, you going to be going after steelhead the rest of the winter? Um, generally, I, I will, uh, I'll be going after steelhead all winter long. Definitely be going after walleye as well. Um, in the winter, Lake Erie gets kind of grumpy most of the time. Yeah. So there's really only a handful of windows for me to actually get out there and chase walleye. Um, so I definitely try to take those opportunities any chance I can. Um, but in the meantime, I, I catch the steelhead because walleye are great for the table, but, you know, they're they're okay to catch. It's like a wet towel that you're dragging in. You know, <laughs> steelhead, you hook into a steelhead, that thing freaking jumps three foot out of the water. You know, yeah. hands in your lap, smacks you in the face with its tail, and then jumps off your hook. <laughs> yeah, I remember catching walleye at Maumee, and uh, it almost felt like you, you didn't even have anything on the line sometimes. And you would reel it in, you start seeing it splashing a little bit, then you'd feel it. I was right. like, oh, I got a fish on there. <laughs> start reeling it in, man. Uh, I did a big grass carper like that, too. I got on a grass carp one time. It almost seems like that grass carp just laid over. And just right. let me him right to the bank, man. I'm like, you're not going to put up a fight at all? <laughs> right. And fighting, you know, usually carp are, fun, are fighting fish, man. But the big aimers and big grass carp, I think they're a little bit slower than the other carp are. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. That's awesome, man. So how can people follow you on social media? Um, they can look up my name, you know, search Chuck Earls. Uh, search Chuck Earls on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um Send me a message. Send me an email. Uh, my email is tigersharkpungo at gmail.com. So you can always send me an email. Um, and uh, my number's floating around there as well. So, gotcha. Yeah, I got uh, your yeah. card there uh, with your information. Uh, any pro staff uh, obligations? <laughs> any shout outs? Not, not currently. Um, I do have a, you know, a couple of supporters and a couple of sponsors. Um, you know, good friends that uh, they they like what I'm doing and you know, they, um, support me. Um, one of them is uh, Smith Jamelis and Ilner, uh, law firm in Illyria. Um, good buddy of mine. Um, he, uh, he sponsored fall brawl, uh, 700 credit repair. 
Billy, Billy Alt. He's a great guy. Definitely take care of you. Um, I met Billy in a, a business mastermind years back, um, and we just kind of hit it off. Uh, ready rig tackle. The, uh, the planer boards, I, I like using those better uh, on the kayak because the planer board, once you pop the release, you can actually um, fight the fish and not the board. So I'm pretty excited to, be, uh, to have them on board with me. Um, <clears throat> and uh, my buddy Jeff Potts in Westlake for Action Vacuum. Um, he's also a, a supporter of mine and a good friend. Um, buddy JC, or Jesse Akins out of Indiana. Um, Andy Moore Kia, I think it is. Good dude. Definitely a huge supporter. Um, and everybody else. I mean, everybody that reaches out and says, hey, you inspired me, or hey, can you help me with this? Or, you know, what do you think? What's your opinion on this dry suit? You know, I, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody that supports me and follows me and watches my content and um, interacts with me. Uh, I, I'm always meeting awesome people um, that, uh, that inspire me. So it's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, and inspired. in the in the uh, in the future you know you never know what the future is going to bring um you know i uh, i'm a firm believer that the best way to predict the future is to create it so yeah. um but right. i do have a question for you zach so when when are you going to come down and let me get you on some steelhead <laughs> i need to get down there soon man i might be able to here in a couple weeks i'll let yeah. you know for sure i'd like to do that we definitely need to set that up I'll come up there, man. I'll come up there and fish with you. That's something I would like to try. Uh, man, maybe me and you will message back and forth a little bit. I'll, I'll figure out something here in the next couple of weeks, and we'll do a, another podcast up there or something. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, like I said, I'm, you know, I met you, shook your hand at the Columbus Fishing Expo. I was real impressed with you, how you held yourself, and uh, been, been keeping an eye on you since, and watching your channels and stuff, and uh, I wanted to wait, you know, get you on at the right time, and I'm glad to have you on, man. That was awesome. Uh, one more thing before we go, though. Um, I know you kind of mentioned a few kayaking stories earlier in the show, and uh, I'm kind of planning a, uh, a Halloween special later this month, and I think that's kind of cool. You kind of shared some scary stuff. But what's your favorite kayak fishing experience? Like, what's one trip that was your favorite out of all others? Uh, uh, man, that that is... That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> you know, first thing that comes to mind, I mean, I, I love watching other people catch fish more than myself. You know, for me to take somebody out and get them on the fish, like, I love that. It's it's the best feeling ever. Um, I can't say, like, one trip was more memorable than the other because they, they all, like, have a special um, spot in my heart, you know. Um as far as a personal fishing experience, probably my most memorable trip would be last year. It was late August, and uh, I was out chasing walleye. Um, and again, they were they were further offshore. I was hoping to find some in, you know, within a couple of miles. And I get out about a mile out and find a pack of fish. And I'm like, oh, man, walleye are in pretty close. Like, what's up with that? Next thing I know, my, my line goes off. Boom. Then my, my uh, port line goes off. Boom. Now I have two fish on. Bring it up. 
big channel cat. That one, I think the first one was, I don't know, 26 inch or something like that. Bring up the, the port side line, there's another channel cat. Basically, I, I got on this, this school of channels that as soon as I would unhook my hook and toss it back in the water to handle the fish, I had another fish on. It was just <laughs> that. So I remember getting to the point where I'm like, all right, I've probably caught 40 fish today and, you know, big, big fish. I was just, I was, I was exhausted. I was wore out and I was just uh, blown away. I mean, what an experience. My hands hurt so bad. I only caught two walleye that day, but uh, one of them was 29 and a half inches. Um, So, uh, you know, just one of those days where it was like nonstop action. Uh, I tried to find that pack again this year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I was just in the, not in the right area. I mean, I had my waypoints and stuff like that or the timing. Um, One thing I'm trying to do better this year is actually keep a log, um, better log so that I can go back and within a week or within a couple of days be able to pinpoint like this is where it happened Mm. just smart a lot of anglers do that yeah that's great yeah like that angler app that definitely helps a lot because it it records a lot of the pressures and and a lot of the the data you know without you having to worry about it um but i I, I, I haven't yet to try angler yet yeah. I know every. I know I'm behind on everything, man. But uh, and everybody's been talking about it. And there's a lot of other podcasts have been raving about it, but I don't know. I, I just hadn't tried it yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have. Uh, I just ordered one, so it'll be here shortly. Um. You know, but I, I, I think, uh, I think there's definitely a lot of value in, in like handwriting a log too, because you can kind of, you know, even if you don't share it with anybody, like I. I like to write up my fishing trips and add some pictures and share it because I don't know. I think you know people like to uh, they like to live vicariously through me. You know when they can't be out fishing all the time, at least they can, you know, yeah. pretend. You know, you know, guys like you and other kayak fishermen, uh, guys like us, we're showing these pic- uh, these videos on YouTube and sharing stuff on social media. You know, there's some people with disabilities they can't go out on the water. You right. know what I mean? And they can't get out of the house, or they're working so much, they got their family they got to deal with, and they can't get out there on the water, man. So they are, they're living vicariously through kayak anglers, and especially the YouTube guys, and that we're sharing our videos and stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. But uh, man, Chuck, I appreciate you coming on the show, buddy. That's uh, been fun talking to you. I kind of picked your head about steelhead have you on man hopefully we work, work something out i can get down there in the next couple of weeks man i'll let you know i'll message you here tonight <laughs> sounds good zach it was a pleasure thanks for having me on yes sir and uh, thanks everybody for listening don't forget to head on over to apple podcast and uh, give us a five-star review it helps new people find the podcast uh, we'll give your name a shout out on the podcast and uh, thanks for listening tight lines keep your toilet paper stocked <laughs>